I'm telling you, good citizens are going to turn into real concern and revolutionary citizens real soon. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest hoax ever perpetuated on the American people, and you're part of it. Now we're supposed to have unity. Let me tell you something. I'm part of the new resistance. The New Resistance Podcast. Send your love, send your hate, send whatever's on your mind to the underscore MRP, yahoo.com, the NR Podcast on Facebook, and check out nrpodcast.substack.com. And don't forget to hit like and follow, and drop me a note, let me know you stopped by. This show is released using Anchor. It is the spot to make podcasts. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Your episodes can be distributed to Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and so many more all at once. Anchor has everything you need in one place. And it is free. Download Anchor in your app store or go to anchor.fm. Today we're talking World Economic Forum, The Great Reset. Then I'm going to dig into ESG. Possibly some fart sounds, some goofing off. Fanny's in a little jam, dead girl, dead girl. Fanny's in a little... Oh, now how the whiz-bang does the rest of it go? Quick, make something up! And a prediction that I made that may come to fruition sooner than I expected. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Okay, now, before we get to the globalists at the World Economic Forum, a couple weeks ago, I made a prediction about something you would start seeing pushed into the mainstream next. I've said this before, but this only gets worse from here. These communists are not stopping with this perverted filth. No, 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 no. They are accelerating. Pedal to the floor. Right now, it's kindergarten through second, third, fourth grade teachers on TikTok. And kids as young as 12 being allowed to keep doctor's appointments and transition procedures secret from their parents. That's being normalized. Write this down today. Mark my words. That the next thing to be normalized 
The next thing you are going to start seeing on mainstream media interviews and articles are going to be what is called MAPS. That stands for Minor Attracted Person. Yes, they already have a woke-washed name for it. It being pedophile. So with that in mind, I want you to listen to this. Hi folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. Are you given that one eyebrow raised look and thinking, uh, do what now? That will be in the mainstream soon. I was giving it three to five years, but I'm thinking this will be in the mainstream within a year. This isn't isolated to nutbags on TikTok either. It will be pushed into the mainstream really soon. Open pedophilia will be normalized in our society real soon. You're horrified now by these American Marxists and these drag shows for kids and the young blue hairs on TikTok celebrating disgusting conversations with their kindergarten, first, second, third grade students without telling their parents about what they do in the bedroom at home. Are you... We're ready for videos of 40, 50-year-old men walking hand-in-hand with their 11, 12-year-old boyfriend or girlfriend? Because they're coming. Are you ready for the parades with this filth being flaunted in front of everyone? There were already pride parades allowed to go on earlier this year with naked older men flopping their balls around in front of little children here in the U.S., this country. Recently in Germany, there was a parade of a group promoting zoophilia. We know it as bestiality. Disgusting. The Germans are disgusting. 
the person in that clip I just played, people like that should be afraid to say things like that out in the open. Minor attracted persons. They should be afraid to say that kind of stuff in public in this country. But according to the right and some in the church, well, we just need to turn the other cheek and live and let live, right? Just live and let live. We have been way too accepting and tolerant of this. And it has to stop. Pedophilia should not even be considered to be mildly safe to talk about in public like that. This didn't come from California, New York, and D.C. From the coast. This is a fourth grade teacher in Texas. I totally get that. I totally get that, 100%. The thing is, I don't care. I really don't. I don't care at all. Everybody should try drag at least once. It's really fun. Even kids? Yeah, there's actually quite a few kids that are starting to do drag. What would your family say if you were a drag queen? Get out of this house. Really? Uh, that's what my dad would say. Well, I, you know, you can change people's minds. Anybody can do anything they want. If yeah. if they want to wear a dress, that's fine. You just if need they want to wear pants. Yeah, I just believe in it. Thank you, Isabel. We have been way too tolerant of all this trash going on around us. We cannot live and let live our way out of this. They won't stop. These dirty communists won't stop. Communism is a religion to them. If you think this is only about sex and ideology, you are wrong. These are religious zealots. They will not be cowered by calls of hypocrites, double standards, double standards, guys. You shouldn't do that. The only way these religious zealots will be stopped is by being afraid to openly talk about and flaunt this trash. They must be pushed back into the shadows and they must fear arrest and serious jail time. We also have to be a whole lot more diligent with our kids and where and with who we leave our kids. They will not stop until they fear bringing that trash out into the open. Alright, alright. Got a wee bit longer winded than I planned. So, I'm just going to carry the World Economic Forum Great Reset stuff over into the next segment. See what you made me all go and do? <laughs> Hold on.
everybody. I wanted to tell you to stay tuned for this week's history episode. We are going to start giving these history stories their own separate episode. So stay tuned at anchor.fm slash pxpx or at Apple or Google Podcasts or Spotify. See ya! Underscore NRP at yahoo.com. Be in our podcast on Facebook. In our podcast.substack.com for show notes and extra clips and stuff. And don't forget to hit like and follow on Facebook and let me know what you think. Now, I had intended last segment before I got a little mm, distracted. To re-up your knowledge of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. So that we can for sure get in all of this ESG stuff that I have. So I'm going to condense it a little bit. I'm going to try. World Economic Forum. What is it? It's an international organization consisting of... Global business leaders, bankers, hedge fund people, uh, billionaires, politicians, academics, activists, leftist activists, and social justice warriors. It was founded in 1971 by an evil little man with possibly the thickest German accent you have ever heard. His name is Klaus Schwab, whose father, by the way, was a Nazi and made flamethrowers for them in World War II. We're we're dealing with some saintly people here. He is also, Klaus is, a former member of the UN Advisory Board on Sustainable Development. Oh! 
And he considers the free market to be unfair to the world's poor and hungry. And democracy to be an inefficient political arrangement. As their website, weforum.org, says, their intention is to, quote, engage the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. And that they have done a lot of, as we are about to talk about in more detail. At their big yearly summit, they have it every year in Davos, Switzerland, but at their big yearly summit at the end of January 2020, they unveiled their newest ploy, the Great Reset. By the way, I went over all of this in much greater detail in a three-episode series last year, episodes two, three, and four. Do your homework. Arm your brains with the knowledge of this evil plan. Those three episodes are a good start. Anyways, the Great Reset is a radical restructuring of the world as we knew it pre-pandemic. To transform, revamp every single industry and aspect of our societies into something that is basically Chinese-style capitalism with a big dose of Marxism. So it's basically global communism. They claim to be swooping in to rebuild the world after the pandemic. That's one of the things that the World Economic Forum has done for decades. It's these big global elites that after a disaster anywhere in the world, they just swoop in with all their big elitist answers. Now their goals for the Great Reset are very provocative. They aim to achieve all of this by the year 2030. So they have eight years to go. It's all hiding in plain sight. It's not in smoke-filled rooms like you would think. That way they can say, hey, this isn't news. It's all right there on our website. Here is Klaus Schwab in his own words. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system for the lead for the post-corona era. But we have another choice. We can build a new social contract. In short, we need a great reset. Remember that part about achieving all this by 2030? Well, in 2020, they released a video on their website and YouTube channel titled Eight Predictions for the World in 2030. I can't play the audio because, well, it's just background music. There are no speaking parts. 
these predictions just came up on the on the screen. And I want to read several of their predictions. See if you can uh, recognize any of these coming in the near future. We're starting to uh, make an appearance now. One, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. The U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. A handful of countries will be in charge. Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. And polluters will have to pay to admit carbon dioxide. There will be a global price on carbon. This will help make the fossil fuels history. Huh. Polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. This will help make fossil fuels history. Now, where have we heard something like that before? About making fossil fuels history? Uh, one of those ways they are doing that is through something called ESG. ESG is the financial agenda through which they are achieving their great reset. And it is, so far, working quite well towards bankrupting the fossil fuel industry. But it is starting to work towards depopulating the planet. One of their unofficial stated goals so that there is less carbon dioxide being emitted. You are the carbon. You are the carbon they want to get rid of. That and more when we come back. Hang on. Michael Hasty. This is Marcus Hasty, and you're listening to the, the New Resistance, Resistance Podcast. Thank you, and tune in again. See ya! 
Let's take it from the beginning. Yeah. If you've just heard ESG, but you don't know what it is, what is it? So the ESG movement, stakeholder capitalism, that whole genre was based on the idea that we have shared global challenges, like global inequity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like global climate change, that governments aren't sufficiently addressing. And so it's going to require actors in the public sector and the private sector to work together to address these challenges that politicians have failed to address. And if we don't address them, we have existential challenges for the planet. We have existential challenges for inequity. And if nobody steps up, then ultimately we all fail in the end. This isn't my view, but I'm just stating the view of proponents of stakeholder capitalism, the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab view, the Larry Fink view. That's Uh, what the heart of it is. These are questions that whether you're on the left or right, these are important questions to talk about in the open. How do we address historical inequities? How do we address if shared global climate change is a challenge that deserves addressing? If it's true, then it actually is so fundamental that we ought to be talking about it in the open as citizens. And when we delegate that work to a small group of elites who dis- make the answers to those questions behind closed doors, we actually suck the air out of a democracy where you're supposed to settle those questions, but through free speech and open debate in the public square. So are, that's my problem with it. You're also not only not sucking the air out of it. You are also um, creating the people, okay, that will lose the ability to ask logical questions. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You won't be able to reason anymore. You won't be able to to stand back because you will have no models of someone saying, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense to me and can can logically think things through. You have to model that. And the reason you lose it, you're absolutely right about that. The reason you lose it is that when you use economic force to settle these questions, say the everyday workers at these companies, if they don't adhere to the social orthodoxy, to the ESG agenda that's been pushed down their throats, you're at risk of losing your job. You're at risk of getting fired. You're at risk of being denied a promotion. And I think that when you force people to actually face the economic sword for speaking their mind openly, then you're left with a country where people have to choose between the First Amendment and between the American dream. And that's what perpetuates this new culture of fear in the private sector, Mm -hmm. where we lose our ability to debate questions of let's just say, take one issue, racial injustice, or another issue, global climate change. I mean, those are two of the big Mm -hmm. issues pushed by the ESG Mm -hmm. movement. The E is all about the climate change agenda. The S is all about the DEI and racial equity agenda. But if that's being pushed through economic force, effectively the kind of thing the government used to be concerned about, but now it's private companies pushing those same agendas, using capital to do it. If you're an everyday citizen, you might be at risk of losing your job or putting food on the dinner table if you don't bend the knee. Glenn Beck... Vivek Ramaswamy laying it down about what ESG is. That's a short highlight reel of an hour-long interview they had, but that clip describes it well. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, go check it out. Glenn has been all over the Great Reset and ESG, the World Economic Forum, for several years now, since probably the beginning uh, March at least March, April of 2020 last year I didn't go into much detail about ESG because there was so much else to cover and frankly it wasn't as prevalent and being put into practice as it is today 
So I thought it was be important, since it is uh, very prevalent today, to uh, talk about it in more detail about what it really is. You might not think it matters to you, but I assure you, it will. ESG is defined as this. Environmental, social, and corporate governance. An approach to evaluating the extent to which a corporation works on behalf of social goals that go beyond the role of a corporation to maximize profits on behalf of that corporation's shareholders. You need to be aware of ESG if you aren't already. Because I promise you, it will have a great effect on your lives. By great, I don't mean positive. We have to fight back against this because our leaders, the World Economic Forum, and the ruling class elites are forcing their ESG agenda on us at an alarming rate. John Kerry gave us an idea of how quickly in late 2020, after the election. Are we expecting too much too soon uh, from the new president or is it going to deliver first day uh, on these uh, topics? Uh, the answer to your question is no, you're not expecting too much. And yes, it will happen. And I think it will happen with greater speed and with greater intensity than a lot of people might imagine. Uh, in effect, uh, the, United, the, the citizens of the United States have just done a great reset. We've done a great reset. Um, and it was a record level of voting. What astounds me is that as many people still voted for uh, uh, the level of uh, chaos and uh, breach of law and order and, and breaking the standards uh, uh, and I mean, you can run a long list and, and still it attracted attention. And I think that the underlying reason for that, Borger, is something that everybody has to examine. I think Europe has to look at that uh, with Brexit and the rising national populism, nationalistic populism. Remember, ESG is an important mechanism of the Great Reset. Stay with me, all right? It's going to sound kind of complicated, but... It's not really. If, if you have an understanding of what it is. If you don't, then it sounds completely complicated. So, just hang with me a minute here, okay? There are numerous examples of corporations making these decisions about social goals that you'd think would be terrible money-wise. They're jumping into areas that you'd think they'd stay out of, right? Uh, Gillette, Nike, Disney is a big example. They're making decisions that actually hurt their shareholders. Why would Disney double and triple down on their woke LGBTQ grooming abortion crusade. 
in the face of losing millions of dollars, why are these corporations doing all of this? ESG. It's all because of ESG. They all want a good ESG score. That's why. Remember that definition? The extent to which a corporation works on behalf of social goals that go beyond the role of a corporation to maximize profits? Folks, the truth, it's not complicated. It's simply a way to weave cultural Marxism into the global corporate world. It gives them allies who will use their enormous resources together with governments to, one, push their various causes, and two, to freeze out the enemy of those causes. Again, together with governments. Now, how do you gain one of these ESG scores? Oh, it's all the ridiculous screwball things you can probably imagine. Probably some more. Let's start with environmental, the E. They believe that what you are breathing right now, CO2, is poisonous. That's right. They're into man-made climate change up to their ears. Uh, yes, uh, are you enjoying all the destruction? Remember, all the destruction is on purpose. We know, you know, we have got to still reckon, reckon with the impact of climate change. That clean energy transition is not just coming, it is here. There is no amount of domestic production that we can do when we're dealing with a volatile global commodity where the price is set globally. There's no amount of domestic production we can do to reduce or eliminate our vulnerability as a country to that volatility. The only way to do that is to reduce the energy intensity of the economy overall, which means shifting to cleaner sources of energy. It is just not tenable. It should be. So that's the E in ESG. <laughs> How about S? Social. It's every ridiculous woke social justice thing you could possibly imagine. Like complete psychopaths. They look at your corporation's board. Okay, uh, 20% board. 11 are men. Oh. Oh, I I see there are only three black people. So where are your indigenous? Where are your trans women? Dock them some points. It also goes to what the company spends on this stuff. Let's see now. Uh, how much did you put into helping gay people last year? Well, that's not even close to enough. Drop that score again. Hang on. 
did you donate anything to BLM and social justice causes last year? Ye none, you say? You say? Is that right? Well, I guess you're just a daggone racist then. And governance. The G. It's even more of what I just talked about. It's a way for the communists to completely control your business. They're going to audit and regulate and tax you into oblivion. Unless you bend the knee. By the way, are you bored yet? Well, too bad. <laughs> this is way too important to ignore. ESG will and is into every part of your life. Global health equity has made progress. We saw once again with COVID, we're not there. So we're pleased to be working with Pfizer and we're talking mm. to the entire pharmaceutical industry mm. about uh, these kinds of initiatives and how we can uh, broaden them as part of the whole ESG effort. As part of the whole ESG effort. Hmm. All right. Well, this is what that looks like. Headline. Pfizer will not sell drugs for profit in poor nations. Well, now, how nice of them. How nice of them to do that. Just means our prices are going to get jacked up even more, but how nice of them. See, that's how it'll be done. Once you merge the corporate world with your government world, it allows them to do all the things they've always wanted to do, but were stopped by law. Government can now just get the companies to do it for them. The Biden regime have done that quite well. The second most dangerous takeover only to education by progressives was the corporate world. Corporations can tell us you're not allowed to eat here because you're not vaxxed. They have the ability to keep you from flying without your vaxxed passport. See, corporations can bring down the tyranny that governments have always wanted without passing laws. Headline, the U.S. Security and Exchange Commission unveils rules to ensure ESG funds follow through on investments. Trust me, if I read any of the article to you, your eyes would glaze over. Guarantee it. We're talking about a federal and corporate takeover with a big dose of Marxism. That does not mean anything good. Do you think it's a big deal if the big banks are no longer financing the sources of energy that the whole world runs on? So they can raise their ESG scores? Would you like to know why your 
HR department has all hands on deck meetings where you're forced to learn how evil white people are and how everyone should be trans or support it. It's your company trying to raise their ESG score higher and higher. This is real. It's happening right now. All over the globe. You can't even begin to understand why we are where we are. And where we're going. Until you get that the corporations of the West have merged with the governments of the West. And they've turned on the citizens. Understand something about the World Economic Forum and ESG. The thoughts behind it are simply Western society is too free. They feel like restrictions on their power are absurd and holding the world back. These people who believe they are beyond God they look at your freedom to choose where you work, to choose where you live, to choose what vehicle and what fuel you use. They look at those as holding them back. You are the problem. You are the domestic extremist. You are. They're replacing Western values with this idea of the few ruling over the many. Almost all throughout human history, people were not citizens. Actually, no, they were slaves and serfs. Well, we get to be citizens, co-owners of our government. The global elites, the WEF, the Biden regime, they're trying to end that. You know why? Because citizens ask questions. Citizens get in the way of their power and can take that power away. They don't like the idea of a disagreeable active citizen. It's up to us, you guys, to say no, the citizen is going to rise again and they're going to take power away from the regime. That's up to all of us to do. Not violently, not illegally, but it is up to us to do. I'll be posting some extra clips I didn't play and the resources I used to research this episode and more on Substack. That's nrpodcast.substack.com Thank you for listening. This is the New Resistance Podcast. My name is Seth. Stay focused, stay engaged, and never give in. See ya! See ya!